Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the Summit Internet Radio Podcast Show. I'm your host, Adam Tuggle, and this is the show that gets your week started off right. This is the show where the gospel is told and not so, y'all. I'm so blessed to be with you guys on today. And if you are listening to me right now, you're blessed because you are yet in the land of the living. And this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And today we have a very, very awesome topic on today. First, I want to give a brief, brief shout out uh, to my brother, uh, my big brother, whose birthday is today, uh, Marquise. Uh, You hear me talking about him on the show every week. Um, His birthday is today. So I want to give a special birthday shout out to him. Happy birthday, uh, Marquise. And we are talking about... Uh, today we are talking about racism and ostracism in America and today I have a very very special guest coming into the studio today and we are going to sit down and talk about this issue of racism and ostracism in America on today's show so if you are looking for a great show to do to uh, listen to then you can come right here to the summit internet radio podcast and come back and listen to the show after this commercial break. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is founder and pastor of Triumph and Faith Apostolic Church, William A. Tuggle III, 2950 North High School Road, here in the beautiful city of Indianapolis, Indiana. All are welcome to every service and any service that we have. Sunday school begins at 1130 a.m. morning worship immediately following where Jesus is the center of attraction. All are welcome to attend in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are back live on the Summit Internet Radio Podcast Show, and I am your host, Adam Tuggle. And like I said, we have a great, great show uh, today. We have a great, great show today, and it is talking about, we are talking about the topic today is racism and ostracism in America. Now, I have somebody in the studio, and you hear me talking about him a lot but he is here in the studio right now and this is my boy my my one of my good friends and he helps us with the uh the summit internet radio podcast a lot um if you uh ever go to youtube you can go to our youtube channel this man did this for us the youtube channel so i'm gonna uh introduce him and i'm gonna let him uh you know, introduce yourself or whatever. But this is my friend Angelo. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, first of all, introduce yourself to the people. Tell them who you are and everything. Uh, my name is Angelo Martinez. I am the owner, creator of Snaps Inc. Photography. Um, you know, I uh, met Adam probably four about four years ago. Um, he would come into my job and we'd always sit down and talk, not just about what I was doing as far as his work, but, you know, he was very passionate about 
um, you know, spreading the, the, the word of God. And, and, and you know, I personally, uh, I've, I've, I'm a religious person. I, um, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the word. Uh, but I've never been super active in, um, in the process of actually reading praying and practicing the word i guess you would say mm-hmm. um th- although i do live by faith uh and, and adam would always come in and kind of give me some light on that you know i would i was probably missing at the time uh so you know after the fact once we kind of linked up outside of my work i just you know i felt like it would be a, it was a good opportunity for me to get involved with something that was directly uh supporting and pushing forward the word of god uh, and even if it wasn't my particular passion project, uh, you know, it was something that I, I was, I, I felt passionate about helping him achieving something that he, uh, I felt had, uh, uh, some, some good groundwork to, uh, to, to develop and build something great. So here we are. Amen. I, I thank God for, first of all, I want to say I thank God for you because, um, and I, and I thank you for the accolades, but it's all due to uh, Jesus Christ, why this is happening. But I want to thank you because you have helped me along the way. You've helped me understand some things and and you don't understand the the audience doesn't understand um, that behind the scenes. He gives me feedback on the things that I do on the podcast and how to uh, project to you guys. So he's a very big help to me um, as far as the podcast is concerned and everything. And the logo, even the logo. Uh, for our for our podcast, he did this, so he is a very very big help to the Summit Internet Radio podcast, and I want to thank you uh, for helping us out. And he is the one that I always talk about um, as far as the sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, he is one of the ones that I name off uh, periodically. So, but tonight uh, today we're talking about racism and ostracism in America. Now. Um, Angelo, I understand now, and I'm gonna let you explain it, but before I, I, um, get you to explain, um, what, what went on with you, cause you, t- you, uh, sh- told me about a little bit about it and you, uh, sent me, everybody has a really hard time, like asking this question and bringing it up and right. just like, I, I don't know why it's such a, like a, like a, like a eggshells kind of topic, um, especially post, you know, cause it's, it's been months since it happened, but right. basically, um, for those of you guys, in addition to photography, in addition to videography, I'm also a uh, recording artist. I do music, both Spanish and English, um, English just recently, or not in Spanish just recently, I just started doing Spanish records. Um, but in a Facebook discussion, probably three, four months ago, I stated in a, um, you know, I, I would probably say that it was a, it's just blanket statements just never go over well, especially nowadays right. because people are so sensitive. But essentially I said that if I was black, that I would have a bigger buzz in the city's music scene. Right. Uh, you know, and I, and I say that, you know, my intention, basically that the guy, one of the guys that was in the discussion runs a blog, he runs a website right? and he is, um, what I like to call it, a, a, an extremist for clickbait. Right. Well. So he took, <laughs> he took my comment and then they flipped it to, tried to paint me as a white Hispanic because once you add the word white, then I become an easier target. Right. Um, 
even as going as far as to writing the article, which had the, the headline that read, a uh, white Indianapolis rapper blames black community for lack of success. Right. Which is like totally like out of bounds. And like it has nothing. My intention with it, first of all, I had no intention. It wasn't about bl- placing blame. It was really about me saying, um, I'm aware that my content, my persona, who I am, right. and the things that I talk about aren't the most accessible and consumable and attractive to the hip hop fan base, which is right. predominantly black. Um, so like, I understand that that was like, kind of like, but the problem was my wording, you know, and I, and I took, you know, I took full responsibility because I felt like my wording was just, it was just too, it was just too broad and too right. vague. If I would have said, well, you know, I, if I was black, I'd have, you know, a bigger fan base here in Indianapolis and get more support because I would have an experience through my upbringing that would be more relatable and connect with that demographic right that is the statement that I, that I should have made but you know I think especially in social media you know everybody's just kind of commenting and pressing enter and commenting and pressing enter right um, so you know t- to me the idea of Hispanics and Latinos not being um, you know because I, I think the process is it naturally happened uh, mm-hmm. because you know when hip-hop started out in the Bronx like it was it was black and, and Hispanic communities but the thing is that Latin communities have their own language right so naturally you know especially during that time to the Reagan era and all, all these things are going on right uh, you know I think it's it only it makes sense that Hispanic people would gravitate towards oh well, we're just gonna do our own thing uh, as far as in our own language and whatnot right um, you know but you know but, but Hispanic people have been involved in hip-hop since it started right. so for me the fact that most people can't name off more than five to ten hip-hop artists ever right lets me know that for whatever reason which i mean i, I can tell you the reasons but it's mostly the relatability and culture it just you know it's it, it was only it only makes sense that hip-hop would kind of segregate itself to create its own identity right and in the process you know i just think that um you know like i just i just feel like our struggles are similar but they're not the same on any level mm-hmm. and i think that creates a separation where i think you know there's a lot of spanish artists doing english hip-hop music right but they don't get anywhere near the accolades or the attention or the you know if i would have said oh if i was white i'd have a you know i'd be the biggest artist in the city that would also be true right because for me the latin community is still fighting for their place as part of the country they're like we're still fighting to just be accepted as people here right not just treated right but like literally be let in right and and i don't i don't mean to cut you off but um now you said that you're a hip-hop artist and now and and i'm saying this to all the listeners um that listen to the summit and listen to the summit i know that this is a christian podcast and he is a hip-hop artist but the one thing is is that I I understand that you went through ostracism mm-hmm. and a point of racism in there mm-hmm. and that um, we share that together. Correct. Because 
in in the process it's not just in the music because it's also in the church it's also in gospel uh music because kurt franklin had just uh brought out that he was talking about um the uh the police brutality that's going on and he had won an award and he was giving his speech and he talked about it and they edited that part out right and so it's not just in the hip-hop community it's not just in the world it's in the church too so this is not this is this is what i'm about right here this is when you talk about racism and ostracism it's a big it's a big thing because this goes way beyond just today's society this goes way back to the holocaust it even goes back to jesus's time where um they put a a um a, a sign above Jesus's cross and said, hell king of the Jews. And I feel like that that's a, you know, racist statement. And even Jesus was ostracized. Well, and, and I think, I think what's, I guess this whole process really kind of, it made me, it made me come, come to terms with a couple of things. One that, um, you know, maybe that's not the demographic that my music's going to connect to. That's fine. Um, you know, but the guy that wrote the article, he, he, you know, he was claiming that I was a white supremacist and a culture vulture and all these other things. And um, that's why I did the song. I did a song called Clickbait Journalist. Um, right. It's if you guys look at look into it. I mean, it does have some cursing in it. So just a heads up. Yeah. But but <laughs> but nonetheless, in the song, I pretty much break down the whole scenario, you know, and and my biggest concern um, as a because even in the Hispanic community, at least here in Indianapolis, I don't feel super involved you know like I think I've kind of came to terms with this in the past like maybe like a few months but I feel like the older we get the more the world pushes us to tribalize ourselves and that yeah you're right because it in in the reason why I say and there's look I'm gonna put it like this in this in this topic we see racism and ostracism going on in and out of each other's races Mm -hmm. because and I can I can say as far as being a African-American in my in my race we're going tit for tack with each other and we're going tit for tack with people outside what do you think that it's because from from my perspective it's because we're not showing enough love there's not enough love there, first of all. And when you have people that that sometimes they have jealousy, mm-hmm. some people have some people have envy, some people have it's it's a lot of different things. Some some of it might be the way they were raised. I I, I can't speak for everybody, right. but what I can speak for is that we have to show in. Um, there's a there's a, a a lady, and I hope I get her name. I, I, I learned about her and I studied on her today, and her name is uh, um, Jane Jane Ellis. I believe her name is Jane Ellis, and she did a an experiment um, of people on the color of their eyes, mm-hmm. and it was the 
why it was the blue eye brown eye test mm -hmm. and all of the people that have blue eyes she was showing discrimination against and the people that have brown eyes she was showing favoritism with and she was trying to show them that hey you can't be a uh, racist towards a person that has blue eyes or you can't be show favoritism towards a person that has brown eyes just because they have it's the color you can't look at the person's color or gender or whatever and I, I i feel like a lot of people make decisions like that's how people make decisions though like a lot of times like <clears throat> you know i can tell you right now as far as what we do photography wise you know like and, and this goes back you know this goes back a couple years you know like right if you look at a lot of the more i guess you know like the hood urban kind of events mm -hmm. like i don't get hired for those but i know all the promoters that throw those events so they rather hire somebody else for whatever reason you know what i mean but the fact that in the past five six years it's you know to me it's and then you know you look at revel revel is now the met the people that run revel are you know um like it's, it's black ram i don't know if it's black owned but it's black ram and okay. so and so i've been there since they actually opened but okay. prior to that black promoters weren't they wouldn't let them go in there and actually do events okay they wouldn't let them in like i was trying to get them to, to, to open the door for that a lot of other people can see i don't in. know about this y'all this is this is no, something so, that he but, does. I, so, but as soon as it became black black management ran right then now the doors are open and everybody can do events right and you know i don't think that like there's nothing wrong with one promoter or one event or the other right i just think a lot of times people um find comfort and they they feel more comfortable in, in environments that they're familiar with you know and i just think a lot of times you know for at least for me it's you know again the tribalism thing right it's why you get a lot of these things you know you look at and that's why you have Telemundo, right? <laughs> right. You have you have CME and you have BT, and you know you have all these different things. And um, you know something I really wanted to bring up tonight was, you know, do you think that we can maintain that we can maintain culture and reach equality? Because culture seems to be the one thing that kind of like is kind of like that that creates even though it's obviously our, as separate cultures it's our most valuable asset because it defines who we are as individuals right is the definition of us as individuals more important than reaching equality as a whole well i feel like like this um number one if we are all the same it'd be a boring world first of all if we're all the same, it'd be a boring. If sure. I'm if 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 I'm like you and everybody's like you or everybody's like me, then it, we wouldn't have nothing to really talk about because we wouldn't have we would all have the same personality. We would all have the same you know mindset. Yeah, but that's not that's not that's not like realistic. Everyone's always gonna have differences. The question is, and you know, if you look at like like futuristic movies, yeah. It's for some reason, and you know, a lot of times Hollywood has a funny way of kind of like showing you something, and then 20 years later, it's exactly how they were showing you 20 years earlier. You know, everyone's living in the same scenario, everyone's dressed the same way, they're different, they look different, they speak different, da, da, da. but they're you know, there's no, there's no, there's no Gucci, 
There's no Nike. Right. There's, you know, that's, everyone's in just white, you know. Well, and, and that to me is, is kind of what defines culture. It's how we dress, you know, the things that we do. Well, the Bible says there's nothing new up under the sun. So everything, I, I, I say it like this. Everything that is happening now mm-hmm. happened back then. It's just the only difference is about us today and back then was we got more advanced stuff. Right. We got more technology. We can go like like you were saying, we can go on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, whatever media sort we choose to go on. And, you know, it pops up right there. Right. And we have computers and all this stuff. But as far as the problem, the issue is the same. And we until we come to the realization that we have to hit the issue, because this issue does not start right, did not start right here. And some people and I hate this. Some people, the stuff that is going on now, some people blame Donald Trump for it. I do not blame Donald Trump. Now, I blame Donald Trump for what he has said and done as he's been the president of the United States. But I do not blame him for what other people do as far as what they do. As far as saying little stuff, doing little stuff. I don't blame him for that because it was already here before he got in office. Well, yeah, and I think personally, I mean, my general outlook on racism is that it is improving. However, yeah. a lot of- in the process of improvement, social media had to be created to then highlight and uh, you know magnify all the people that were racist, which is why you see so much more of it now than you did before. Right. So while some people are like, "Oh, it's so much. Oh, it's racism is crazy right now." Like, I think that's just the cleansing process of us getting rid of, or I guess. Um, you know, because there's people that live in like, you know, BFE somewhere in Indiana that have like probably never seen black people outside of TV or Hispanic people. You know what I mean? So it's going to take a, 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 some time for the world to get cultured on what the world is like outside of their world. Right. right? So, I mean, yeah, I think racism is improving in the sense of dying out but i also think that you know and i had this conversation maybe a month ago is you know because the discussion is and maybe it's something that we're going to tackle today but it's like that only say white people can be racist no and, that, and that's the thing right it, you can't look i think i think i think racism is essentially another word for hate right it is that's how that, but it people is. don't see it that way. People it confuse racism with oppression. You, and you, those are very different things. You can't. Okay, when you talk about racism and when you talk about ostracism, ostracism and racism are one and the same. And I'm gonna say it like that because if you take OST off of there, you have racism. And when you when you have racism inside of you then you're ostracizing somebody. Right. For some reason. For some reason. Which is more than likely, I would say 95% of the time, you know, uh, a reason based on... And it's not... Belief. Right. And it's, image. Right. You know, culture or something along those lines. And I was just getting ready to say, it's not just about color anymore. It could be... I, I watched a person 
um, bully somebody because of the way they were. Right. And laugh at them for the way they were. Right. And so, and it's not just, it's not just the color of your skin. It's not just, you can be a male and somebody not like you. Right, of course. You can be a female and somebody not like you. And, and, and I, and I hate to say this, but if we as, and I'm speaking for the church, if we as the church show more love, because a lot of people that don't go, and I'm not specifically saying you, but I'm saying anybody that does not go to church that goes looking for love in the church and they don't find it, then where are they going to go? Right. Where are they going to... And they're getting ostracized for who they are. Well, if they've never seen, because some people have never seen, like you said, they've been out, they've not seen what is outside their own culture. Right. So if they've never seen, uh, if they never stepped foot in a church or if they never, um, you know, been to a church before, right? then they don't know. I think, you know... And I hate to put any blame on hip hop, but just as somebody who's literally worked and dove into hip hop at a really young, early age, and has been extremely passionate and um, and, and and had so much love for the culture and, and pushed it and promoted it and promoted artists and then helped artists and the whole nine. Right. You know, I, I do think you know, kind of like what Kanye is doing now, where he's doing going into the gospel realm because right. he feels like, and you know he's older and he has a family and that's kind of what it takes for somebody to say you know what maybe the concept of what hip-hop pushes isn't really what I'm about anymore I need to move into something else right but I think hip-hop becoming the biggest genre in the world and thus the most influential genre in the world and thus the guiding I don't want to say guiding light but the guiding force for young lifestyle culture um, has kind of propagated this thing where status name brands materialistic things yeah. um, static like you know who, who do you know who are you what have you done you know like for me like you know the like a lot of my close friends are real hard, like real hard on me about, oh, you gotta tell people about working with Kendrick and uh, Kid Ink and Tech Nine and da da da, like all these people that I've worked in, you know, in the industry. Right. But I'm just so not. I mean, I would say if anything, that's really the one thing that really has kept me from succeeding in music is like, I don't care about the rapper image. I don't care about jewelry. I don't care about like trying to look too cool all the time I don't care about like the club like I, I just to me I do music to tell my story because I feel like my story can motivate and inspire others to pursue whatever it is they want but I do think that hip-hop on some level has taken the world by storm and now the world feels like this this grandiose perspective of what's important, right. whether that be material, status, lifestyle, or your wins and loss columns, has kind of like, you know, in a very toxic way, made our youth feel like those are the things that make them successful, happy, right. and uh, uh, have a better life. Right. When in reality, it really is none of those things. So you're saying it's more internal than external 
Well, yeah, or I mean, happiness per se. I, I think I think happy happiness comes with happiness comes with knowledge and understanding what your surroundings are and what your life is. So, right. you know, there's a philosopher that I that I follow and I talk I, I listen to a lot and he talks about how, you know, life is 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 life you're going to run into tragedy and despair regardless. So you right. have to live life, you know, uh, um, thinking like you have to be happy in, in, in where you stand and you have to live life knowing that you're going to have bad things happen. But if right. your purpose is so, if you're so passionate about your purpose and you're so driven towards that purpose, right. then, you know, it's having a purpose that is worthwhile, the despair and tragedies that you're going to face along the way. See, and this is in, and I'm going to say this. In the years that I've known you, mm-hmm. I have never, ever seen, nor heard, nor picked up on a racist bone in your body. Of course. Why would you? <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying that to, to, to the listeners because, um, you know, and I say this too because um, there are a lot of people... And and I and I have to go back here, and I know um, some people might not agree that are in that are in the church. Um, we have a lot of um, ostracism in the church because I watched a my one of my relatives who passed back in '98. Um, we were at their funeral, and my my former pastor was there. And they would not let her sit in the pulpit because she was a woman pastor. And they did not believe in women being pastors. And they do not believe they did not believe in women preachers. And I feel like, okay, wait a minute. Now, the Bible did not say gender. Right. It's it, it did not say um, who it was gonna be that preached. Because a woman actually preached the first sermon after Jesus' resurrection. So this this thing of racism and ostracism, this goes way beyond, you know, the status quo of, you know, color and creed and stuff. And and I like what you said um, about, you know, just going outside of the norm. We have to go outside of the norm. And the way to get outside of the norm, I believe, and this is my own personal opinion, is that we have to have more love for one another. And the only way to find that love is that, like the Bible says, God is love. And there's a lot of people that are, like you said, they look at the the status quo of how to live life. They, they see the bling and they see all this and they see the, the fame and the fortune. And even in the church, they see Oh, this preacher's doing this and this preacher's doing that. And I want to be there. I want to do that. And they see that and they they think it's so glamorous. But you don't know how what they had to go through to get there. Right. You like if I'm and I'm going to use this as an example. There's no need for me to hate on you if I'm trying to get into the game that you're in. There's no need for me to hate on you because. I don't know where you've been to get to where you are. Right. 
I may not be able to go through the same struggles that you went through to get to where you are right now. Right. And a whole lot of people, they they see something or they see somebody with something. And this is coveting, as the Bible says. You're coveting what that person has and you're jealous and you're envious. And this is what racism stems from. Or you want them to you. And, and this is going on in. And I don't know if this is going on. Uh, per se in 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 uh, your race or not but inner 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 race like black on black crime they see uh, a person coming up and then they're ready to bring them down because they see them coming up before them or they're hating on them because they see them coming up um, I, I wouldn't say it's as prevalent in, in, in my in my culture Um I would say that, but I think that's for all people. Though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think a lot of that is just like if you live in like lower income communities that are struggling, I think you're just everyone's fighting to survive. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I don't think a lot. I don't. I, don't, I would. I would be hard pressed to blame that on, on any kind of racial or anything. I think that's just unfortunately we live in a capitalist community. You know, when you when people talk about like white privilege, for example, you know that's something that a lot of white people want to negate. Like, oh, the, oh, what, what is that? Da, da, da. It's like, well, like, all right, like, look at just let's so let's just forget about let's just just ignore the fact that police brutality is a huge issue, right? And it's you know when you look at like innocent. In, like innocent people that are murdered by police it's a, a, a huge majority of that is you know innocent black african americans right mm-hmm. so yes sir but let's look at the music like if you listen to the music and the content of the music through ages right mm-hmm. if you look at like the white content in music it's like it's i mean there's like barely any struggle in it at all right and when you look, listen to black-based music from African-American culture. It's like literally all the music is about trying to make it through this struggle and this pain. And, you know, they're like, and I think that's what kind of grab made me gravitate towards it a lot is because I, I love how, tr- like, like it takes a lot for somebody to like express their pain and their struggles and to give it to the world as art. Right. You right. know, I mean, let it's a alone. Very hard. Let, it's a very hard yeah, thing. Yeah, let alone, you know, let alone make it rhyme and put it to beat and all these other things. Like, you know, but if you look at just the sheer basis of the content of the art that is created by white people and black people, there's just such a huge discrepancy on the, on the, the on, on, on the, on the sound and the content of it. It's like, how could you not see the difference in coming up? Right. And if, you know, like, like for Trump, for example, like, I I mean, I think, I think it's easy to paint him as a racist. I mean, I'm Hispanic. So for me, especially, I think he is just a product of capitalist, of a capitalist country. I think all his decisions are made on what makes the most monetary sense. To him. Well, of course. To him, but isn't that what anybody at the top of a business does? But, but you know what I mean. And, and I understand. I see what you're and saying, that, and that's what this is—a business. Well, yeah, you know but what I mean? if we look, okay, 
and I and I'm gonna go here. <laughs> you know, you, now y'all know how I am. I'll go. I'll go to uh, uh, pretty dark places sometimes, in, in pretty bold areas. If we look at Trump, everything that he has done has been for him. When they went, or, or for people that that like, are helping him. Well, or for people that like, there's a lot of people that voted for Trump because they have a business or they run a business, and their and his policies. I don't really follow politics. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that. You know, because that. You know, it's funny. Like a few years back, I went on watched this Dave Chappelle stand up. Right. For what it's worth, and he talked about how, oh, like politics are super taboo. And nobody will share anything or talk about their politics. And right. somehow, in the past five, like the past five six years. Through social media, that's changed, and everyone talks about politics nonstop. Yeah, right. So uh, you know, I think except in my house, no, I'll swear. Well, but, <laughs> but you know, like, but, but but it's it's like that now. People just discuss all all their business, all online, everywhere, everywhere you go. You know, right? People, people lose jobs, people lose relationships, people lose friends over this stuff. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. You should be able, and that's kind of the Kanye thing, and that's where I feel like. You know, where like I felt, I felt like the black community was being like racist against Kanye, not like in a, not in like a racism fifty years ago type thing, but like, oh, you don't believe the same thing we believe, right? You know, which is kind of how I was treated too. It's like, oh well, uh, well, if you don't align with these thoughts and these ways of thinking, then uh, clearly you must be on this uh, completely opposite. So it's like, you know, like, you know, nah, man, I mean, like, maybe like I agree with this, but maybe I'll, I'll disagree with another point. And then maybe I'll agree with this point, And then I'll, this, you know, like we're not, so, we're not simple creatures. So what you're saying is uh, be able to agree to disagree. Well, it's just to be able to respect each other's just like, like point of views or beliefs. Right. Somebody who makes $3 million is not going to have the same views on how much people in his tax bracket should get taxed as somebody who is making 30 grand a year. Right. And that, again, is just the monetary basis of making decisions is why our country is where it's at. It's like everything, all these companies, all these, you know, any, any scandal ever in the history of the world has been on some level based on somebody making or not making a certain amount. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I, I think that if you take... Now, you talked about Trump. Now, the reason why... And you talked about Kanye West. I, I, I feel like this. Whatever party you choose to represent, that's your business. Mm-hmm. Whatever. If you want to be Democrat, that's fine. If you want to be Republican, that's fine. If you want to be Libertarian, that's fine. That's your that's your personal God-given right as an American citizen to do that. Right. But on the flip side of that, um, we have a a president and we have people, like you said, that if you don't agree with what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. then you're an outcast. Right. And you are you are right. And and like I said earlier. This goes way back to not just now, but the Holocaust, the biblical times. Um, if I could, if, if I could remember um, in the Bible, when the woman at the well, she was um, 
ostracized for being a, a Samaritan woman, and the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Mm-hmm. And this man, Jesus, came to her, and she was shocked because at that time, like I said, Jews didn't have the dealings with Samaritans. And I think that's what the way to break that is to do like Jesus did. Somebody has to break the cycle. And if we have one person and then another person trying to break the cycle, we got two people. And I remember a movie and it might be controversial, but I've seen um, if you ever seen the movie Soul Food. Yeah, of course. And the the mother said, you got all these fingers pointing the blame. But if you take all those fingers and ball it up into one big fish, you can strike a mighty blow. And I think if if we have all these fingers pointing the blame at one at who's doing what and what's how do we how do we do this? How do we do that? If we take all those fingers pointing the blame and bottled up into one big fist, we can strike a mighty blow to racism and ostracism. Yeah, I mean, but I also feel like people listen, I if I look at attack long enough, I'll find something wrong with it. Well, yeah, true. Right? <laughs> so I I really feel like, you know, we we're just so consumed by social media. We're so we're so overtaken. Like I, I, there's people that spend hours on social media bantering back and forth, and I know because I, I got rid of Facebook on my phone because it was just too easy to get on there and argue with people. And, oh man, you know what I mean? So see, so, see, you're pitching to me now because my wife, my my wife would be telling me you're on, you're on your phone too much. Get off. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So so no, <laughs> I, I think I think there's there's a there's a very gray area balance on okay like. Because somebody will say, oh, well, you know, like even with the hip hop thing with me, you know, getting literally no, uh, no, no attention locally here, even though I'm, you know, whatever, I'm not going to go into it. But I, I direct my own videos. I produce my own stuff. I've rolled out five very well done music videos in the past year from my debut album. I promote my own stuff. I, I do everything that people in the industry will tell you you have to do to be successful as an independent artist. Right. Yet Indianapolis had a local hip hop festival with 60 artists booked mm-hmm. and I wasn't one of them. Matter of fact, there was not one Latin artist in the entire lineup. So I'm going to ask you this and this is that's the, crazy. And this is for the listeners and this is for the listeners just to show do you feel upset about that? Do you feel jealous about that? Are you... Uh, no, I mean, to, to me, it just gives me a, a bullet point to say, look, this is a fact. Okay. Obviously, I've put in the work to, like, you know... Right. Like, mind you, like, you know, this is, I don't care about performing at the festival. It's just a principle. I was actually... I've been, for the past four years, trying to get more involved with it as... You know, I run Naptown Connection, which is a hit local hip hop website that I started in 2012 for the sole purpose of supporting and promoting local artists. Right. Right. So mind you, like, so the whole culture mutual thing doesn't make sense either, because here I am putting in years and years, like seven years of promoting local hip hop and arguing with the radio because they're not playing such and such artists that are, right. you know, shooting free videos for artists that I really believe in. Like, I've literally put years of my life into you know, paying it forward to do my best to provide not just for myself but for other artists. And, and it's not even an artist because, like I said at the top of the show, you've done that for us, right? So, 
right because i because i'm i'm passionate about helping people right right so i'm more concerned with being involved with that festival in the sense of the business side right then like what like well are you gonna pay me a hundred dollars to do a 15 minute set like i don't care about that it's not like that's not gonna make or break me right but it it, it just added insult to injury Right. Not, not a big injury, but nonetheless, it's still an injury. You know, people go, oh, well, that's just how Indianapolis is. It's just clicky. It's like, well, just because something's traditionally been this way doesn't mean that it has to continue to be this way. Ooh, you, you know, a, you brought up a good point. I, um, well, I mean, just people, people are reluctant to change and they're reluctant to let people in that they feel will have will force them to change. And they're afraid whether that be good change or bad change. Most people, some now I'm not gonna say most people, but some people are afraid of change. Well, most people are are they'll fight change because it puts them into uncomfortable areas, right? And even though uncomfortable areas is where we grow. And I'm gonna say it like this: the only way that you change. Or the only way you don't change for me, and this is me personally, the only way I don't change is if it. Um, now, if somebody's asking me to do something against the will of God, mm-hmm. I do not change. Right. I, I cannot change. Right, I will not because it goes against what you believe in. So. Right. But when somebody like my 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 wife, for example, is um, my wife had me try a, a different food. And I knew for a certainty that I would not like this food. And she had me try it, and I'm like, babe, no, I'm not gonna eat that because I, you know, me personally, I, I didn't like it as a young kid. I'm not gonna like it now. She had me try it, and you liked it, and, and yeah, because of the way she cooked it. Right. But but it was still that fear there. Shit, the, the only fear I, I see is. Telling your wife you're not gonna eat something. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't even that. It was just a brave man, right? No, um, it was the fear of knowing. Okay, I've done this before. I've had somebody come at me with this before, and I didn't like it. And now I'm having a person come at me again with it. It was the fact that I was scared to step out. In, well, yeah, of just, course, and it's it's uh, just try. It's the association of your first experience. I mean, right. that happens to us. I mean, you know, and you know, actually, that's it's a weird segment, but or segue, but you know, like I think a lot of a lot of racism issues come from something like that. Right. Oh, that's I, I had this one experience with this one person. It's like uh, what's his name, Liam Nielsen. Yeah. Did you hear about that? No. Well, he First said that points. something like something happened where somebody he knew was like robbed and hurt or killed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person said that it was a black guy that did it. So, you know, he went on some interview. He was like, oh, it was like, you know, after that, I, I literally like went out to the streets and pretty much any any black person I'd see, I was ready to take him out. Right. You know, but then he, you know, and he got, he got a lot of heat for that as he should, because that's just... Right, dumb, dumb statement to make. Right, um, that was but, dumb. But I, but the way that he was saying it was that it, it was he realized that he was wrong and how he was feeling. Right. So he he went into it saying like he wanted to again be transparent and reveal like what he felt inside to then double back and say but I was wrong. Right. And people just aren't willing to let people be wrong. 
about these things. When right. we, we, we are a growing society, we're a society that's learning how to coexist, you know, and how to, you know, live here and live here with these neighbors and those neighbors. Right. You know, my, my biggest fear with this topic that we're discussing today is that in the process of, you know, because because the big, the big battle is white and black. That's what's happening. Hispanic people are down here. We're like next in line for the hate. Like no, you know, no. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You don't think because, so? No, because I believe we're both in the same boat. No, all three of us are in the, because if you look at it, okay, and and well, you know what? I just don't think so because because even now when you go online and you look at things, there's I, there's like black. There's African American people hating, throwing hate and shade at Latinos and saying, "Yeah, that's why I'm for that wall because, you know." Right, right. So you see that, and so my thing is, uh, you know, my fear is that we're not necessarily fighting, not not us, but like you know, because again, we're. I really feel like we're the way it looks now. It it's that once the smoke settles up top, right, and everyone's like, "All right, we're all American." Then there there has to be a new target. So you feel like it's I, I don't be I don't feel team. there has to be, but I feel like our country, the way it's built, through war and capitalism, and who's better than this person, who's stronger, who has more, it's only natural that there's going to be a new target. And I feel like Hispanics are literally like they're the new norm. No, they're the new target. target. Okay. It's you know, and my fear is: Are we trying to reach equality? Are we trying to? Are we trying to reach superiority? Right. Well, and 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 that's the problem because you know the way that you see, it's like it's like what happened to me. Right. It's like wait, like like a Latino feeling slighted by hip hop is not a new topic. Right. You know, there's tons of art, Spanish artists that haven't, that feel like they're greater than the accolades that they've, you know, collected through the years. Right. What is new is an African-American trying to paint a Latin guy as a white guy for the sense, for the sake of clicks. And so people are more outraged. That article got shared over 200 times. Right. So now you have, you know, you have something that, you as an african-american and part of the black community have been right. trying to get rid of an end which is discrimination false narratives right. racism right. you know just just ostracism right and now all those things are being applied to me as a hispanic male what? for the sake of what right well you know what <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm serious though. Like, what, 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 what was his motivation for doing that? Was it to be right? Because he wasn't. Well, I, me personally, I can't speak for that. But, but when like, I'm, when I, when in the I, sense of journalism, for the sense of having a story, I would believe it Correct. was the sense of having a story. Correct. But um, what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take a commercial break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk to uh, my buddy Angelo. And we're going to finish talking about racism and ostracism in America. And we will be right back after this commercial break. Stay tuned to the Summit Internet Radio Podcast. This is your host, Adam Tuggle. We'll be right back.
Praise the Lord, everybody. We are back live on the Summit Internet Radio Podcast Show, and I am your host, Adam Tuggle. This is the show that gets your week started off right. This is the show where the gospel is told and not sold, y'all. And I'm sitting with my buddy, Angelo. Man, we have been having a great discussion on racism and ostracism in America. Now, Angela, I want to... uh, go back to a point that you brought out and it's one word that you said clicks mm-hmm. and anybody that knows well my family that knows me um, knows and if you're listening um, if my you know my parents or whoever in my family is listening you know where I'm going with this um, my my former pastor said something one time that if she saw any clicks in the church, she said, I'm going to click it out of here. <laughs> and she, she said, as quickly as I see it, I'll click it out of here. And I think... You mean like people being on their phone? No, 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 no. As far as clicking, as far as getting in groups oh, and talking oh, about oh, each like other. Click. Yeah, a click. See, when I, when I, when I said click, I mean like clicks. Oh well, then those type of click, but you can have those type of clicks on a phone on a phone conversation and all that stuff. And then I, well, no, I just I just mean like I, I was basically talking about, and she was talking about Facebook at the time. Dude, dude, dude <laughs> writing art, you know, because that's what everybody everybody's the clout chase is insane. Right, you know, people are creating things and manipulating them. They're bending the truth so they can make it as. Uh, flammable as possible for people to because you know people don't read articles they just read the headline so right. what, what can I how can I word this headline right so that people freak out and share it instantly and thus get more clicks and more traction right now the click thing is valid too right you know here in, in, in Indianapolis this is like I mean this is there's literally clicks of all kinds you can find yeah. anything yeah and you people can. are very reluctant um to let people into those circles, uh, yeah. and I don't know why, because there's not that mar- that much market here in the first place. Maybe that's the reason, but in reality, it's just um, I don't know. I mean, I I've, I've actually become really comfortable with it because to me, it's you know I've always supported things I was passionate about, and you know most of that most of the time I would support things of people I didn't even know at all. Right. Never met him. Never seen him. I'm but one of those. I, but I like your. <laughs> but I like what you're doing. I like your art, and I'm willing to support it. Right. And you know, I, that's that's like for the culture, as they they say. But I just think that it's becoming less and less prominent for people doing that, and at least in my field, music, mm-hmm. where it's become such big business and such a, um, it, it's 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 like everyone's just looking for a lick. Right. It, and, and you know what? Everybody's looking for a story. Mm-hmm. And I used to take journalism. And my journalism teacher told me, oh, well, he told the class one time, always look for the best story. Mm-hmm. Always look for the best story. And I think people, whether they're in journalism or whether they're just in life, they're always looking for that next great thing to talk about and that's fine i mean that like be, that's just being an opportunist which i think has a negative connotation in the sense of the word but it shouldn't i mean i mean you know especially in this country i mean people are looking for opportunities are you going to choose the worst opportunity or are you going to choose the best opportunity what True. i think we go wrong now is that there's no authenticity 
-hmm. authenticity is is at an all-time low as far as i'm concerned in regards to journalism and music and art you know nobody's really being true to themselves they're being true to what um you know i, I follow this guy gary v online you know like he's he is, kind of says the same thing over and over again, but he has a lot of truth to it. You know what I'm saying? People are posting stuff online and they're f- afraid to post stuff they really are passionate about, they really care about. They're just posting over and over again the same stuff that they feel like got a lot of likes last time. Right. So they're just going to keep posting that over and over again right. instead of being true to their self and their progression of who they're becoming. Right. And And you know what? If we, and I, and I said this earlier, um, that we can't say that, uh, and some people will do this, some people, and I'm using this in the spiritual perspective now, people will say that they love the Lord, and they say that they that they love God, and this and that, but they'll turn around, and because... They see somebody coming up, they hate them. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm very, I'm very bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm gonna say it like this: If you say you love God, but you can't love Angelo, how can you say you love God, whom you have not seen? You've never seen him. But you can say you love him, but don't love Angelo, who a person that you've met, a person that you know that is that is, you know, kind-hearted, you know, all of that. But yet you say you hate him, but you say you love God. And I'm gonna say it like this, and I and the Bible backs it up. If you can't love people, but you say you love God, you're a liar. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, but but people make Again, this is, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying, but people hate people for reasons. Now, if we're talking about racism, then they don't have to know them at all. Now, also people hate people because of their experiences with that person. See, I've I've come to terms with the fact, I'm very vocal, I'm very honest, but honesty doesn't always make you friends. You know, sometimes sometimes being honest is... uh, So I've kind of tried to be self-aware in the past couple years to learn and understand who I am and who I am to other people right and come to terms with and this has made me a better boss as well in my my, my business but right you know the ability of like you know people don't so much remember you they remember how you made them feel right right and um, I think we because everyone was so vocal, like, you know, especially now, you know, I post something on Facebook that might make somebody, somebody I'm not even thinking about, somebody I'm not targeting in that, that status, somebody that's not, I haven't even talked to in years, they might feel a certain way about me posting what I posted and unfriend me and then I'll never hear from them again. Right. And, and this right here, and I'm glad you brought that up. Some people may not like what we're talking about today. Well, I don't think anybody likes racism, but I think it's an important conversation. I think it's an important topic. No, but the ostracism part of it, because you think they want to have the freedom to tell somebody that they're not welcome somewhere because of X no, the person reason. that's doing it. Well, they, that's a, yeah. I mean, because and, and the reason why I said that is because you 
no matter what and my and my wife my wife can't understand sometimes why I can forgive so much and have so much forgiveness inside of me for people that have done me wrong I think that just comes from you being a, a, a follower and believer of God and his word and I think if people people and you know like the, the younger generation uh, is it's I haven't done the research on it so I'm not I haven't fact checked it but right. it's been said that the younger generation is it, it's um, is is the the largest by percentage of uh atheist generations we've ever had people are less and less believing in the word of god you know and you see that a lot in in america that a lot of things are well because this was built during this time where this was going on then all of this must be you know uh, uh you know, a facade, you know, it's, right. it's just all this is untrue. And then we need to believe in something branch. So we have to reinvent all of, you know, I don't know. I mean, and, and I like what you said there because I had, I had a teacher one time tell me that I was wrong. And this was in a science class mm-hmm. because he went around the room and asked everybody in the classroom, um, do you believe in evolution or do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? And he got to me and I said, I don't believe in either. I said, first of all, I was not, and I didn't mean no, no, no racism behind what I said, mm-hmm. but I told him, I said, I wasn't created by no monkey. And I said, You're created by what? I said, I wasn't created uh-huh. by a monkey. I said, my mother conceived me at St. Vincent's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that. And I don't believe that a, that a Big Bang created everything that exists now out of an explosion. God created me because in the beginning, uh, it, it says in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created. And so this is what I believe. And he got mad at me because he was, he was like, well, we don't believe in that. We, we, we don't believe. So you're saying that everybody in the classroom has to believe what you believe in. Now, some people may not, some people may not like me, but I, I, I can say that I do not. Now, when it comes to, um, um, salvation, and I'm going to put it this way. I'm not saying I know it all because I don't. I do not know it all. And I and I say that all the time. I do not know it all. But I know for myself because I've tried it for myself. So I know that, you know, um, repentance and water baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost is real because I've done it and I've experienced it. And so I know the speaking in tongues is real because I've I've experienced it. I know that the Lord lives inside of me because I've experienced it. Right. And so um, when I'm out witnessing the people, some people know and some people don't know. And some people know, knew about, knows about the Holy Ghost and they, you know, stepped away from it. And I tell them, hey, this is a great experience. It's just like, and I use this as an example. You know something is good when you've tried it over and over again. 
whether it be your favorite food or whether it be your favorite, you know, soda or whatever, you know that it's good to you because you tried it and you keep going back to it. Right. But when you have something that you've never tried, that, you know, hey, this might not be it for me. Right. This may not be the thing for me. But if you take a leap, and this is all based around faith, take a leap of faith. Um, there was a, a a lady in the Black Panther movie, and she, um, I, for, I forget her, her name, but she played a part in the Black Panther movie, and she said, and she was on Steve Harvey, and she said, you know, at first she wasn't going to audition for the part, mm-hmm. and her grandson said, you know what, you always talk, Grandma, you're always talking about taking leaps of faith, jumping out there on faith. And you and you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You're either gonna leap out there on faith or, or be quiet. And she took a leap out there on faith, and she got the part. And now she's a part of one of the biggest movies out there right now. Right. And so I believe that when you try, to, uh, when you're going to uh, when you're going into an element that you do not know. It's good to have faith. First, pray about it. First, pray about it. Make sure that it's designed for you. Make sure that the Lord has it for you. And whether it's spiritual, natural, whatever. And we're talking about racism and ostracism. When you, when you are, if you are a person that is promoting ostracism and promoting racism, it's good for you to step out of the norm and just to see where that person that you're hating on comes from. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. That's I, why I think the only remedy to racism is time. And prayer. Well, sure, but prayer prayer isn't a resolution to racism. It's prayer is is to me at least. To me, okay. I feel like racism is something like it's, it's just like it's just gonna take time because the people that are still in that mental state of mind are either so far removed from like cultured society or have been living under the umbrella of those those ways of thinking for so long mm-hmm. that there's just there's almost it's almost impossible for them to get culture to anything outside of that. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, it's, I understand like, what you're saying, but I did I, I disagree with that because, and we can agree to no, disagree. Yeah, of course. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's it's extremely difficult. It's, it's like, it's it like can if you be, have a hamster, and every day the hamster gets up and you feed it, and then he runs on the treadmill on the little wheel, mm-hmm. and then he sits down and takes a nap, and then he wakes up and eats. Like, that's all that happens. Hamster knows. Right. But so if you if you throw him in the lizard's cage. Well, a dog. Well, well, right. You know what I mean. Well, my my dad, my dad says this all the time. A dog would know, and I say this because I'm I'm about to bring out a point. A dog would know, because you have you have a a, a dog, mm-hmm. and your and your dog knows if you love him or not. Correct. Mm-hmm. And if if a person shows love enough love to an individual that, and I've done it, and, and I've, I've, I've experienced this, mm-hmm. where one of my enemies 
is now one of my friends because I showed them so much love and they were like, okay, wait a minute. Um, I'm sitting over here doing this to him, doing this to him, doing that to him, saying this and that. And this, this dude is showing me so much love. You know what? I'm gonna, and this, this person came up and apologized to me for what he was doing to me in high school. And yeah, we were in our adult life and he came and he found me and he apologized to me and said, you know what? I want to be your friend because you did nothing but show me love right. in spite of. So I believe, and this is, this is the point I'm trying to bring out, is that if we love people and, and my, my former pastor used to say, you can love the hate out of somebody. So you can love them so much that you can love hate right out of them. In a Medea movie, uh, uh, Tyler Perry, you know, said as Medea, love is better than any addiction. Love is better than any addiction. It is one. So if we have, yeah, of course, because we you meet people all the time that are like, you can tell, you know, they're, they're, they 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 love and they're very happy and they're very passionate about the love they give. Right. Um, yeah, of course. So. In that, in knowing that, do you feel? And we're and we're we're wrapping it up here, y'all. But because this is a broad, broad topic, um, do you feel like wherever? Do you think we're ever going to come out of racism and ostracism? Like I said, I think I think a big factor of it is whether we're truly pursuing equality. Okay. Or if our culture, by default, by capitalism-based standards, is actually pursuing superiority. Right. Am I trying to be your equal? Or am I trying to be your equal, but once we get there, I'm going to try to figure out how to get above you. Right. And then I can just treat you like you're nothing. Right? So, right. So, and, and that's, I guess, as a, as a Latino, Hispanic male, that's what concerns me moving forward because um, I, I see the tides turning and I feel like once that smoke clears up top, then there's going to have to be a new retargeting of where America's hate is going to go towards. And if you see it, it's, there's already hate towards Hispanics and Latinos and people that aren't from this country. And listen, by no means do I think that everyone should just be let in because we have to have some sort of process, regulation, you know, um, things like that. But, you know, for me, and this country goes overseas a lot to fight wars, right. but they seem to only want to fight wars that have a, a benefiting end goal. So, okay, we're going to go fight. Or no sense at well, all. Well, we're going to go fight this war because there's oil there and then the people from this country if we help them get through this they'll give us a bunch of oil da, da, da. where like maybe Mexico doesn't have I mean maybe like Mexico gives us like unlimited chips and salsa and maybe like we will go down there and you know and like rescue and, and get rid of all the cartels and things like that I don't know and this is and this is not a jab at, at our military this is not a jab at, at you all because we love our military for sure and, and it's, it's not that at all it's just but and it's you know it's not even that's not their call right it, it which, isn't their which call. is why i'm not really a big poly, poly, political person like right i feel like if the government doesn't even let you choose if you're going to have insurance on your vehicle they're definitely not going to let us vote for the highest office in the land so i just think that concept is i mean the, the idea of having hope towards like this thing where like 
phone argument and be like, yeah, we can park both accounts. Like, I think it's it's very American and it's very, like, fulfilling to each individual as, right. as in their homes and things like that. But to me, I feel like the government has too much power and the agenda's already, you know, it's, it's kind of like there's, they're already, like, seven years ahead as far as, like, what the agenda is. Whoever right. the president is, whoever the face of the whole, you know, charade is, that, that they're just going to choose whoever they feel like fits the best at the right. time. And, well, and, and, and that takes it back to this. And the only person that knows what really is going to really take place is the Lord. That's it. And, 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 and that's the best way I could say it as far as the future of this country and the world. Now, there is Bible to back up what is going to happen, um, you know, in the future in and, and if you look around you you can see the book of revelations taking place mm-hmm. in the world and in society right. um we did a show on the four horsemen mm-hmm. and it is um four different spirits that are that are being that have been unleashed um that is talked about in the book of revelations which is the seven seals uh that john that john uh saw in a vision on the island of patmos and the seven seals, the first four of the seven seals are those four spirits. Yeah. And and these spirits are yet on the earth today. So that's why I went, well, that's why I say back, back earlier, this is not something that just took place today. It has nothing to do with your political beliefs or your religious beliefs. This is something that is has been prophesied in the Bible. And then it's taking place now. And so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we have to come with a solution for how to live now. And this is where I want I want to get your opinion. Well, yeah, man. And that, so here's the thing. I want to get your opinion. Do you think, and this is, goes back to tribalism, because tribalism to me if you would have told me a year ago, I would have felt like that was kind of like a racist, borderline word. It had negative. But nowadays, when I'm see, I see how people behave and they treat each other. You know, like, and I'm not saying that everything needs to be segregated. But do you feel like tribalism, in a way, um, kind of secures culture and allows each culture to have their space and their peace and their own thing? Or do you feel like tribalism is? in a way, slowing down the process of progress. Um, and I only say that because of my question earlier, like, can can we reach equality without losing culture? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. It depends on well, what... Well, okay, just, just simple, simple example, day-to-day stuff. Uh, you know, if you go to a party and it's like, you know, at a white family's house. Okay. Right. And there's different cultures there. Right. Or, or just just think of like a, a, like a party at an event or something like that. Okay. Like the way that we behave as different cultures is very different. Okay. Spanish people, black people, white people, whatever. Okay. Everyone, like everyone turns up different. Right. Right. So, and I think within that and our just day-to-day culture, like... You know, like where you do your dishes. Like, I mean, you look at it, and even like, you know, how like there's a lot of criticism on like, you know, why people don't season their chicken. <laughs> you, no, but but I'm saying right. 
it, something something as humorous and as lighthearted and as seemingly meaningless as that right. is a small example of how something like that. Imagine how many more differences are. Oh, they don't between. cook the way my grandmother right, cooked. Right, right, right. right. Like, there's, there's literally a, a thousand different things that you could put on the table that could happen within a social gathering. Right. You know, I mean, I, ha- I have a buddy of mine that uh, a kid we just hired, and he tells me that, you know, like, he, he a lot of people kind of give him a hard time because he talks white. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you okay. know, and- so, so, but then, but then if you say, oh, like, this person talks black, then everyone's offended. But then you got a guy that kind of talks, you know, like, how, how, what's a different way of saying you talk white? It's like super proper, very like, you know, like textbook, whatever. And like, I'm just saying, man, there's, you know, there's, like, we got to stop. Like, just, just like, I don't want to be called a spick and you don't want to be called the N-word, which I don't say because that's not culturally how it's praised and I don't, that's just not something I do. Right. You know, we got to stop. We have to treat others. This is like, this is like elementary three, school. This is three-year-old, like, knowledge. Right. Like, like. Treat others how you want yeah, to be treat treated. treat others how you want to be treated. Sure, there was racism. You know, still there is racism and there was slavery, you know, however long ago, the whole nine. But like, does that does that grant you the key or the green light to refer to white people as mayonnaise or no it doesn't right and, it doesn't. and people say it on social media because it's like it's like very it's it's supposed to be a joke and it's funny no but i don't really see it that way no. like what if i just what if i just called you out just like what's cracking barbecue like that'd be offensive right right <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but that's my point. Like, I love barbecue. Right. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, it's it's funny to a certain extent, but it's like, unless you're like, a, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. So like, I think what's happening with stand-up comedy is really, it, it's really terrible because they're not able to, but it's like, unless you're a stand-up comedian, you're on stage telling jokes. Like, I don't know. I just like, it, there's a lot of those things where it's like, yeah, it is, it's, it, it's a, a line there's a fine line between joking right. and being, you know, downright Well, and, and again, again, I just, I just feel like you can, you can tell people's intent by their tone. Right. You know if somebody's being I, malicious. Let me ask you this. I know you're the one interviewing me, but... but no, 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 go ahead. So this artist, James Daytona, he's somebody I want you to sit down eventually because he's a, he's a gospel rapper. He's, you know... Right. Um, so this is what I was talking about, the tack, the tack theory. You know, if I look at a tack long enough, I'll find something wrong with it. Right. So he says, I heard a white pastor say to me Saturday, I can get any monkey with a mic to jump on stage, but are they living right? Now, mind you, he's talking to him. And earlier you referred to monkeys. Right. 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 It, it dawns on me that this is an easy way for him to say he called me a monkey. Right. Where I don't know if that's exactly what he meant when I mean, you're talking to the guy face to face. Well, and most people avoid confrontation. I, to me, and I, and I, and I, get I it. don't take it as a right. As a sure, right. but in 2019, just the word monkey is usually followed by somebody being offended because they assume that is referred to as you know speaking about black people. 
Right. Where like we all, if we all came from the transition of, which I don't know if that's true or not because I wasn't alive. Right. But you my thing is his whole status is based on him suggesting that that was him, calling him that. Where I feel like, well, maybe he was just referring to just anybody with talent. Right. Well, my 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 former pastor used to always say, "One monkey don't stop no show." Right, but but what if what if that pastor was white? I don't. <laughs> I, well, you're right. I, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think that was that that was sure. Racism. But if that pastor was white in 2019, they would then suddenly them. that that would be all over the news, and then that pastor would probably lose his job. Right. Um, but. I think, you know what, it's a big, broad perspective of what this topic is today. It's a big, broad perspective. And if you, if, and I'm getting it in my mind, and I just go with the, I I go with the spirit of the Lord. Would you like to come back next week and talk about, finish talking about this? Uh, I mean, I'm. Whatever you need, man. Because 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 I don't think we're fit. We're not done talking about this. I, well, I, I I personally, if we do it, like maybe we can get him in to talk about it. Yeah, bring him bring him in. Okay. Bring him in. I, I wouldn't mind because I, I, I think you know I, I think it's important while discussing the necessity for different perspectives is to actually have those perspectives. So right. I, I think uh, I mean, we could we definitely chop it up, see what happens. Okay. Well. That is our our show for today, y'all. Um, I'm so happy to have you, Angelo, on the show today. Um, I, I pray that you guys got something out of this on today. And I pray that you guys have a very, very blessed rest of the week. And come on back next week. And we're going to have part two of racism and ostracism in America on next week. Because we're going to finish this out. But... Until next week, as I say in every single show, um, Acts 2 and 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the only way, biblically, by spiritual standards, for you to see the Lord's face in peace. This is the only way for you to make it into heaven, biblically. So until next week, I'm your host, Adam Tuggle. And this has been the Summit Internet Radio Podcast. And until next week, I love you guys. And I thank you for tuning in. And I will see y'all next week. God bless you.